This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. Welcome back to Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. I am one of your hosts here on Unholstered. I represent the local media side. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Scatina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I represent the law enforcement side. Obviously, that's definitely (laughs) not me. This show is all about sharing and telling the stories that don't often get told when it comes to law enforcement. If you have missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, you can download us anywhere you download a podcast. Just search for Unholstered. And Sophia, we ended up bringing today's guest in due to something that you kind of just mentioned in passing during an episode a couple of weeks ago about chaplains and how they're called out sometimes to, to certain scenes to meet with the families, pray with the families. And I thought, wait, what? You do what? This is another one of those facets that I had no idea that we were even lucky to have here in Fort Wayne. We are truly blessed, uh, no pun intended, yeah. uh, with the chaplain program that has really grown over the last few years. And I thought it was really important that we bring them on and kind of explain what they do and what they don't do. Um, Because I think it's really good information to have so families know what what resources are available to them in the event that we get so caught up in something we forget. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because that does happen um, occasionally. But we really try um, to make sure that this program is successful. And the guest I brought on has ensured its success over the last few years and has actually grown the program extensively. So we're really, really fortunate to have such a really strong faith base Um, not only for our department, for this community as well. So I'll let him introduce himself. Well, hello, everybody. I'm uh, Chaplain Richard Hartman with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Actually, I'm the lead chaplain. Um, I oversee, actually, believe it or not, there are now uh, 13 of us totally within the department there with that. And we cover a variety of different faith-based denominations and things, both males, females, African-Americans, and um, it's it's a really awesome opportunity for us. Um, and I'll be honest, before getting involved with it, I really didn't know that there was a chaplain program within the police department yeah. either. Yeah, she she just brings these little things. I don't know if you've ever listened to this show, Richard, <laughs> yes, I have. but she just like drops these nuggets sometimes. Then we get off the show, and I'm like, "What? You never told me that. You buried the lead. You have this kind of program, these kind of people, this kind of technology. It's always mind blowing to me. And that's actually one of the reasons why I just love this show, though, is I'm able to learn myself so much about it. So you mentioned this chaplain program in passing yes. uh, during a previous episode let me just ask this first how long has it now been around well it it was here when i got here but it was really which was a really long time long ago, time ago yes <laughs> so I, like again i started policing when i was two um so yeah it was a really long time ago and we had a program in place but it wasn't like the program we but, have now yeah. um it's just grown exponentially and we we're very fortunate to have su- pastors and uh priests mm-hmm. and um you know uh Everyone that comes on board to this program, they're really energized. They're really happy to help. They're on an on-call basis. So if we have something go down within the city, um, they get paged out just like our officers do. And then they make the scenes if they need to. Um, Our officers are really good at letting them know, like, hey, we don't need them right now. Because sometimes families just don't want um, to talk to anyone at that moment. Um, But sometimes they do. And we've had really, really good compliments um, about our uh, chaplain program. Um, when they go out, a lot of times they make suicide scenes, which mm-hmm. are really, really hard for families. And those but, would be the worst, yeah. You know, and sometimes they're with our officers when we make those death notifications as well. Um, and it really helps our officers because it kind of shoves off on the chaplains <laughs> what's really hard for us, you know, because we have to go from investigative to um, 
heartfelt in a, in a split second. And sometimes it's really hard to do. And sometimes those notifications can come across really like dry and that's sure, not what yeah. you want them to be. So then these lovely men and women step up and really help us kind of get through that situation. Yeah, and and actually, I'll just kind of real quickly, if I can. Um, this just show's tell, all about t- you, so you can t- do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> just, just tell a little story here, which is is that, as I said, I, before I got involved with it, I really didn't know that there was a chaplaincy program or what chaplains were. I mean, I knew what a pastor was, and I knew what a priest was, and things to that effect. Um, but the chaplaincy program, I mean, it started out actually as um, a couple of my neighbors were police officers at the time, and we jokingly referred to it as um, fence time, they would call me up and say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And we would go out and talk about any number of topics and things to that effect. And then they went, you know, you should become one of our chaplains. And I went, what's that? And they told me, and then I was like, no, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was like, I don't need another job to do like I need another hole in my head kind of thing, you know? And to be honest, um, then uh, Chaplain Eric Riddle was the lead chaplain at the time, and Eric and I had been friends, but he had never talked about being a chaplain either until my next-door neighbor said, you know, you need to talk to Richard. Oh, yeah, I should do that. And the next thing I know, both of them are on top of me and going, you need to be doing this. <laughs> and to make a long story short, in about a year, I then became a chaplain. And the the thing about it is, is that... The best part of it, from my perspective, is besides giving something back into the community, is is that I'm helping those officers and the community during one of the most difficult things that you're doing. Because every time we're called out, it's a crisis situation. It's not called out and go, gosh, I wonder if this is going to be a really bad scene or anything to that effect. Every single time we're called out, it's a bad scene. I um, did not realize this is surprising to me. I didn't realize that you were, ba- you're basically on call. Mm-hmm. Like the officers are on call. I simply thought it was a, hey, Cindy, we'll take your number. We'll get you in contact with one of our chaplains. That's, and then, then right. you would reach out maybe a day or two later. But I mean, you're talking 2 a.m. You get the phone call too. Yep. Yep. Wow. What yeah. is that? Not paid. Yeah. yeah. They're not paid. No. This is a voluntary basis for them. And, and I cannot tell you how, how grateful I am that they step up to do this because it's really not only for our officers because I'm telling you we, we know you've seen the headlines I mean you deal with the headlines right you know what happens mm-hmm. in the city and how difficult it is and to have kind of a faith-based um, platform we can go to I mean we have peer support which is great but sometimes we need a little something extra sometimes it's that faith-based things and a majority of our officers are faith-based you know we have a few that aren't which is fine um, but it's in this runs the spectrum of all religions as well. It does. Um, we, we have we, if they're not in our chaplaincy program, they have we have a contacts way, yes. that we can make okay. yeah, for, for anybody. And honestly, I, mean, I think almost everything's represented. I mean, yep. we might have one or two religions that aren't. There, that aren't right. But like he said, we have contacts to them if they need to be called in for one of our officers. They certainly can do that. That's so. amazing. Again, I had no idea we had these resources. Talk to me, Richard. I mean, you, you joined the, the the chaplain program, and again, you were kind of like, "Oh, I didn't even know it existed either," and I'm not even really sure what a chaplain is or does. Can you take us back to maybe that first? Call sure. you did get. I mean, what was that like? Walk um, us through all it, that. It was it was really interesting because when they talked to me about doing the chaplaincy and things to that effect, um, I went to the congregation where I serve and said, you know, this is what they're thinking about. You know, I'm thinking about being a part of and things. Um, and the the congregation that I serve is is very um, mission oriented mm-hmm. and outreach and things to that effect. And 
the part that probably impressed me the most is is that I went in kind of going, I don't know what I'm doing with this. And was there any kind of like training or guidance or anything? Well, that's where this comes okay. in. So, so what happened is is that um, I was then sworn in as a chaplain with then Chief York, and then three weeks later, I'm on a plane to Spokane, Washington, for a week of training. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and the the part that I laughed the most about that is is that that was the first time I had ever flown out to the West Coast. I had never been to the West Coast before, um, and there's this thing called time differential and jet lag and things to that effect i arrived sun or monday morning at 2 a.m and then was supposed to start classes at 0900 oh <clears throat> wolf yeah that's a long day yeah um and so when i was done at five o'clock that night that's now eight o'clock our time mm-hmm. And I'm like, stick a fork in me because I'm done. Yeah, I'm not doing this. No. Yep. And, and the next morning, my problem is, is the internal alarm clock kicked in. And so I'm up at like 2 a.m. out there, which is 5 o'clock here. And, you know, there's a strange thing. People don't like you walking in downtown um, Spokane, Washington at 2 o'clock in the morning around <laughs> hotels. But the thing about it was, is that I received a whole week of training, which covered 12 basic courses in the International Conference of Police Chaplains. Um, which ironically, now I'm the executive secretary of that very organization right now. Wow. Um, and the the part that's probably the most eye opening for me was is that I had only been there for like a couple of hours, and a couple one of the other chaplains, which now happens to be the current president of the organization, which is based out of he's based out of Chicago, says, "What's your standing operating or SOP on such and such and such?" I was SOP. What's a SOP? And um, <laughs> what's you know and things to that effect. Well, st- SOP stands for Standard Operating Policy, mm-hmm. and the standard operating policy for the Fort Wayne Police chaplains are that our first responsibility is to our officers and their administration and their families. The second one is into the community. And we have a community base because all of us are ordained in whatever faith tradition we're in. And then that's a connection that we have into the community. But with our officers, that's our first responsibility is to help them to overcome all those. I guess I didn't realize even that element of it either. I'm, I hear I'm thinking you're just available for these these calls to homicides or suicides or what have you. But you are also available first for and them. foremost for, for them, them for these that's folks correct. going to the suicides. I didn't realize. So how does that work? Do and, they call and you so, up? And... So that's correct. Okay. We do a lot of ride-alongs with our officers that were there with them when they're out and about. Um, so we understand what their day-to-day activities are. Can we get a chaplain for, program? I will say it's been remarkable and I as a recipient of a lot of prayer um, shocking I know from our <laughs> listeners for me but um, as a recipient of a lot of their prayers over the course of the last few years just with everything I've been dealing yeah. with you know it's just um, it's sometimes a little overwhelming at the time um, but it's just so comforting at the same mm-hmm. time and I think that's what brings our officers a little bit of peace is that just you know, you have someone there on your side Does, is not related to police, not related to the administration, not related to the city. It's just someone on your side who you can talk to at any 
time. And we don't um, report to anybody else yeah, either, except you know, for God. Yeah. So, it's so that just, it is it's amazing. Nice. You can feel like you can really it's, let it all out, yep. let your guard down. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be officer Sophia at nope. that moment. No, nope. yeah. I can be Sophia, the mom, and yeah. the you know the widow and the <laughs> right. You and know, dealing the with and all the, the stuff that you deal with yeah. on a day to day basis, yeah. because the, the the part that I and and I will give credit to this. One of the things that Chief Reed always says is that officers are not robots. I say it all the time here on the show (laughs) that we, unfortunately, as civilians, we do view them as robots. We Mm -hmm. think they're not human. We think they're immune to all all of these. Yes. Sometimes we we think that of ourselves as well. well, But, you know, know, but it is kind of nice to have that mental health check-in that, yeah. that and they do they check in because yeah. they know when you, yeah i get texts from him all the time <laughs> how you doing because he knows i've had some struggles yeah and he checks in and it might not be like every week on the week but you know it's occasionally and that's appreciated stops mm-hmm. by my office when he's in the building and we'll ha- say a little prayer together and it's just really nice the thing that i always laugh about it is is that you as well as several other officers will go how did you know that i was in a, a crisis situation when that text came and i always jokingly refer to it as well you forget who i work for you know, um, <laughs> I, like that. I like that okay so um, you go get all this so, training right. you're out on the west coast that's right and so with- so then when i come back home you know i'm able to put it back into to actually into operation there with that and, now, wait a minute so you go out there and at first you're kind of like stick a fork in me this is not gonna be for me I'm exhausted. Right. It's jet lag. I don't know. I don't know what a SOP is, right? Right. But you, you spend your week there and you come back. Are you feeling like, okay, God did call me to do this. I'm feeling good about it. I hear you, God. I'm going to make it happen. Or were you still kind of like womp womp? I, I was just kind of like, st- I was overwhelmed. Okay. It was kind of like what happens if you take a funnel with a lot of liquid and trying to pour it in at the same <laughs> time. It, it's going, but it's not going really smooth. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of getting Sloshing a, all, all over the it, That's everywhere. right. Um, and, and it really took me probably six to eight months of trying to unbundle and, and untake all the stuff that was just shoved mm-hmm. at me and trying to assimilate all the stuff that's there. Because the reality of it is, is as chaplains, we cover a multitude of areas um, of everything like like Sophia was just talking about with death notifications, crisis situations, um, critical incident stress management. Um, and you know, yeah, we're, we're thought of as being religious leaders because we are pastors and, and, and leaders in that aspect of it. But the other part of it with it is, is that we also cover things like um, counseling and helping them in their day-to-day lives and what's going on. Um, my, my thing that I get called in a lot, especially since I, I talk a lot with the newly academy uh, graduates and things and teach at the academy too, is that if there is an in-the-line-of-duty shooting and things to that effect, they're yeah. like, why did God have me do this at this point? Or why did this have to keep constantly happening to me? Why am I doing this? And those why questions are things that, believe it or not, all the rest of us, civilians too, have a lot of those same questions along the way. And even as clergy, we have those same questions along the way. You're human too. Because we're humans too. That's correct. And so the reality of it is, is that it's, it's kind of the way I look at it as, as a pastor, I, I was a pastor for um, over 20 years before I became a chaplain. And the reality of it was is that when I became a chaplain, it really fulfilled a part of the ministry that was really lacking for me. I just didn't feel like I, I quite fit in with everybody there. Um, and then I, I became a chaplain with the department, and then all of a sudden 
the light bulb came on. And it was like, now I kind of know what I'm supposed to be doing here finally. Um, you know, like, like, you know, you graduate and all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but now I do. Yeah. And the, the reality of it is, is that going around into the community and things, and then COVID hit too, I became really good at cruising parking lots for officers just to talk with them because we couldn't really do a lot of other things along the way. And those, those communications, those touching base with people, that's the thing that for me as a chaplain is probably one of the most fulfilling parts Lights of the, the up, job yeah. that I get. And, and it really boosts me too, is that, um, because it, it, what we realize is, is that our officers and the struggles that they face in our community too. We're all in this together. We're not separate. It's not enemies and pros and cons and things to that. We're, our officers live here. They work here. Their families are here. Our community is here. We're all part of this. And Amen, if we're brother. not working together, that I, and I'm going to really kind of tote Sophia here, you know, um, when we had the struggles downtown um, following the Floyd situation there, I remember the one thing that you said was you were the PIO at the point in time because you were on television and radio mm -hmm. and went, we are a community. We talk with one another. We don't need to fight on these streets. We need to be together and we need, we listen to where you're I actually at. remember that too. You handling that. Yeah. I thought really like I don't know. I don't. You don't normally hear PI, public information officers speak like that. You know, at <laughs> I least, get that a lot. At least in my, in my line of work on the media side, which is where I'm at. So I hear from PIOs a lot. I've also sat on the PIO side um, while I worked, did some time in Ohio. So I get that, and I get the narrative that you're told to push and how to push it, when to push it. You know, they don't speak like you do, Sophia. Well, I always found it really important to just speak from the heart, and mm -hmm. I think that's where most people mm -hmm. listen. Is from the heart and you know I'm yeah I'm a police officer that's my job mm -hmm. but at the same time I'm I'm a community member I'm a mother I have children and I'm scared for this community at times and I'm scared for them at times I'm scared for myself um, and it's okay mm -hmm. you know and if I share that and I become relatable then people will listen to me better I think they'll listen you know to the message and the message is is that we are a community mm -hmm. And we need to start acting like it. We need to come together. This isn't a time we're going to have, we're like a family, right? We're not always going to get along. But at the end, we're a family. And that's what this community is to me. It's a family. Well, and kind of to both your points, I, I say this all the time on my show. If we spent as much time as we did on our similarities than we did on, than we do on our differences, we would, we would all be better people. We'd be a bit, better world for it if we spent more time focusing on things that we have in common yeah. instead of focusing on the things that we don't have in common. It's actually one of the, biggest frustrating problems to me of, of civilization yeah. uh, that we but do that. But the things that. we don't have in common are what make us unique. Correct. And they make us us. And if we were all the same, how boring would that be? And we learn um, from one another when we yeah, do that. Yeah. If we truly open ourselves yeah. up. That's the other thing about chaplaincy that I've found that's really enlightening for me. I have learned so much from my sisters and brothers in chaplaincy that are in other faith traditions and in other communities and things. The lost art too, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because one of the things that I think that's probably foremost that you have in your chaplaincies um, is is the ability to listen. Because even here, you'll notice that in this, if my, my own family, when they listen to this, will be going, yeah, right, uh-huh, <laughs> is that I, I spend a lot more time listening 
than I do really trying to talk and what's going on. So when people put me out in front, it's like, you know, I'm not really. Well, like I said, this show is all about this. you today. Oh, yeah, so. you know, and it's just making me a little bit on the nervous <laughs> side, which my family is, especially my my daughters, are going, yeah, right, Dad. Uh, <laughs> but but the other part of it with it is is that, you know, I always remember one of the things that my great granny always taught me a long, long time ago. So so here we go. Here's your your object lesson for the day, ladies, which is how many ears do you have? You want us to answer? Yes. Okay. Two. Two. Yeah. How many mouths do you have? One. There is a ratio there. You need to listen twice as much as you speak. I like it. I like it. Although you are talking to a girl in news talk. Well, right? yeah. You know, I mean, I realize that. And you're also talking to a preacher, too, yeah, which, you know, right? it's a little on the soapbox every once in a while there and along the way. But, but the reality of it, though, is, is that when we do that, when we listen twice as much as we talk, we really grow together as a community and as, as in partnership there with that. Because some of the, the, the nearest, dearest friends that I have now are on our police department. Like, I'll, I'll throw Sophia. <laughs> yeah. is, is Sophia yes. there? I mean, yeah. well, she walked she, into the studio calling you Chappie. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> there we go. Let's get this party started. You know, yeah. so, um, and, and so, to your point, you know each yeah, other well. Yeah. That's right. And, and to me, the part of that is, is because one of the things that we do as chaplains, we spend time with our officers. It's not just an academic exercise, and it's not only at crisis scenes. It's other things there, too. It's the day-to-day living that's there with that. Um, I don't know how many times I you know, arrive at, at the church, and there's one or two officers in their cruisers in the driveway. Wow going, hey, I knew you'd be here sometime. I just need Let's to talk chat. to you about yeah. something. Yeah. You know, and yeah. He's a safe place. Yeah. And we, don't, I, we don't have a lot of those, um, but he is. Yeah. So it's, um, we're really grateful for him. Yeah. And the program yeah. has, like, I'm, I'm toting his, I'm yeah. his horn now because the program has grown in, incrementally because of him. How many chaplains did you say you have now? 12, we have, 13? We have 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. When we I started, there were three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> there yeah. is myself and two others. <laughs> so then explain this to me then again, just kind of walking me through because I'm the average civilian. I don't yeah, know. I didn't no. know this program existed until yeah. Sophia brings it up in <laughs> passing like it's no big deal, um, which obviously it is. I know you didn't mean it like that. But um, so, I mean, do you guys, you get, there's 13 of you, y'all get the same page potentially for, uh, let's say, we a, do, a homicide, yes. you know? Um, but, but what it is, is that I put together a rotation of our chaplains so that that way we have a primary person and a backup. Like a primary there. on-call That's person. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And so then what happens is, is like in the evening, um, most of us will turn our cell phones on vibrate or off. Um, which then kind of causes problems too, because when you do go on and you still got it off, then that, I have an issue there with mm-hmm. that. Um, but but the other part of it is is yes, all of us get called out when those go that way. The other part of it with it is is that then um, it's kind of like kind of a wake up for the rest of us too. Okay, so so and so is on call to this scene. Then what you'll also notice is is that all of us that still have our phones around us are going, hey, praying for you and the community that's there with this. Please let me know if there's anything I can do. That's beautiful. And how much better can that be than that? Yeah. yeah. Um, like like yesterday, um, you know, we had a scene that, that was tragic in our community there with that. And one of our chaplains was there and was in that situation the whole time. And the thing that's that's really kind of getting to me and it, and it becomes very personal for me is in that situation there was there was a person that died that chaplain stayed with that body until they were taken to the moor oh wow yeah 
And that's one of the things that we do for the community, too. And it's kind of the unwritten mm -hmm. kind of quiet thing that nobody really talks about. But that's one of the things that we also try to do. So is a chaplain always called to a crisis scene? Um most of the time, there's some times where they're not needed because we don't have like external family or something there mm -hmm. or anyone around that needs maybe uh, a hand to hold. But in the event that that is the case, then you're, yeah. you're calling right them out. Yeah. That's correct. And then someone can either say, yes, I want, I want, essentially mm -hmm. I want you to be here. Yes. No, I don't want, mm -hmm. want you to be here on the mm -hmm. flip side. Right. Yeah, a lot of the times I just ask, Hey, would you like us to call one of our chaplains or do you have a, a pastor, pastor or, or something a religious like leader? Right. Yeah. We, we, we normally ask that. What especially do people normally say, Sophia? Normally they're saying yes yeah. to one or the other. They have someone or they want us to call. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do I get a no from someone who's actually in, and sometimes when it is, it's just because I don't think they're really grasping the situation. Yeah. But um, so a hype, let's say, let's pretend they tell you no. Yeah. But then if they get in contact with the FWPD maybe the next day or, or again, still in conversations with their officers and they say, hey, you know what? I kind of would actually like to speak with one of your chaplains. Yeah. They and can do can that too. Yeah, we can get, we get, get, get an right problem. There. Yeah. That's right. Yes, yeah. If they do. don't, in, in, in either if they do or they don't, we have this book that they helped us make up about, uh, it's an, it's a, it's, we call it about, a sympathy book yeah, is actually what it is. Book. Um, and it's it's great. So you give those to families? Or yes. to families. Okay. Yep. And, and what it does is is it kind of puts together all of the information. Because when, when you go through like a homicide, I'll just put it that way. There's there's a case number for it. Then you have the coroner involved with it. Then you're going to have a funeral home with it. And then you're going to, especially if it's Jeez, dealing. There's, there is. There's, there's so much. There's a and whole you can't bunch even process what just happened. Right. And and not only that, but the other part of it with it is is that you have like, like 15 to 20, sometimes even 30. 30 people running in and out of that house and things to that effect at the time. And they're not trying to be rude or mean. There's a job that needs to be done, and they need to cross all the T's and dot all the I's in the process. Well, you get that much information thrown at you, and you have information overload there with that, because you're also dealing with grief yourself and what's going on. These sympathy books actually have kind of step-by-step -step cases of what you need to do following that with with things like, here's the coroner's number, here's the case number for this particular situation there. Then we have, a, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's a majority of funeral homes and their phone numbers and their addresses in there and email addresses. Then we also have things like what to do with like credit cards, social security. Oh, wow. um, Jeez, and, yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of that stuff. Um, and, and how to handle writing an obituary in there and things to that effect. And then at the back of it, it lists all the chaplains that we have in the Fort Wayne Police Department and things to that effect, too. And it says, if we can be of any help, please call us and we will be happy to help you with that. I know essentially we're talking really, I mean, death and tragedy and mental health, all things that aren't overly wonderful to talk about. Yeah. But I oddly have this like really nice sense of peace and calm knowing that we have this program that it's, again, not just for officers, but it's for the entire community. Mm -hmm. Like you said, just staying there with that body until it's needs to go where it needs to go. Right. You know, I mean, I just, that gives me like this odd sense of peace, which is such a wonderful, beautiful thing. Cause I'm, I'm assuming Sophia, not all departments have this kind of program. No, we're very fortunate. Not every department has this. Um, like I said, this program has grown so much under Chapman Hartman and I'm grateful for that because they do such good. 
Um, but if there's a someone outside this listening area in another department, please that call needs, us too. Yeah, because yeah. how can they I do mean, those? This is how I was going to kind of wrap it up because, of course, we're already way out of time. But if someone <laughs> wanted to get a hold of, learn more, seek information, how can they do that? They can contact me at the Fort Wayne Police Department. Um, you can I think my email is sophia.rosales hyphen scatina at cityoffortwayne.org, all spelled out, long email. Um, get a hold of me, and I will get a hold of Chaplain Hartman for you. And if you need to want to set up a program like this on your department, yeah. he can aid you in oh, doing yeah. that. Um, he loves doing that. He loves helping. And then our pastors and um, everyone else can help as well in that regard. So we're just we're just happy and grateful to spread this because it's really a wonderful program. Yeah, I'm happy and grateful you came in. I'm happy and grateful you just kind of oh, well, yeah, we have this program, blah, 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 <laughs> you know? Like, again, I feel like he kind of buried the lead with this one. I think it's beautiful. I think it's special and, that we If have I could share one other thing that's really important within our department, too. We also have in our department in the Fort Wayne PD, we also have victims assistance. And the interesting thing about victims assistance with chaplaincy is, is that a lot of times we are, we are twins in that their first responsibility is for the victims and the families and things to that effect. And notice I said ours is with the officers mm -hmm. and the, but see, the other part of it is, is they also care about our officers too. That's number two for them. We do care about the community and what's going on with their families. And that's our number two. Okay, so yeah. if you'll notice, we dovetail really close and we work really close with those, those folks there with that. I love that. Well, I'm, again, I'm appreciative that you do what you do. I'm appreciative that we have 12 other individuals alongside you doing what you do. What a remarkable thing that we have here in Fort Wayne. If you have missed any previous episodes of the other remarkable programs that we have at the Fort Wayne Police Department, definitely download the Unholstered Podcast. You can download it anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.